Let's make planning this year's garden a lot easier with the Planter app. This app is packed full of features. It has companion and combative planting, which are indicated by green and red circles. It has a simple drag and drop interface. It has 80 plus plants and thousands of varieties. All the info is needed to grow veggies, including when to start seeds, transplant and harvest, the ability to create custom plants and varieties, a growing guide with in-depth articles to supplement the quick info in the app, not to mention that you can view it and use it both on your PC and on your mobile device, so you can always be planning your garden on the go. This app is used in my garden year-round to plan the upcoming seasons, reference the last year's seasons so I know when to rotate, and it also helps me to learn more about companion planning using the visual cues. When you create your garden, it's going to be based on the dimensions and each block is going to be a square foot. I've had a lot of fun using this app and the Planter app, which is spelled P-L-A-N-T-E-R, is available in your app store on both Google and Apple. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and plan your garden and use the link below to get a discount on the Planter app. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Well, good morning, gardeners and homesteaders alike. I am Ben Gardner, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Miss Batavia. And we are here to tease the brain today. Wouldn't you say this is a brain teaser? Yeah, I like that description. Yeah, yeah. You guys read the title. You know that we're really going to sit here and talk about... We're really going to talk about it. That zones don't even matter. <laughs> I know. Go ahead and shoot the messenger. You can give me all your hate mail. It's okay. It's okay. But I guarantee you, by the time we're done with this, you're going to be like, wait, my zone doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's a... I mean, how, how much do you rely on them? Well, I think it's, you know, a title like Zones Don't Matter That Much probably isn't as catchy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's firmly how I feel about it. Um, I have this whole theory, which, you know, it's going to be for our um, other topic podcast, the other podcast we haven't started yet, about how it's it feels good to belong. You know, it, it feels good to be able to refer to yourself as a insert blank. Um, and Gardner is, you know, an opportunity to, you know, belong to a crew, a clique, a, a group. Um, and I think there's something about, like, there's a speak that that group has. And zones are kind of like this common, you know, theme that a lot of us in the U.S. primarily kind of focus on. You know, like, I know what I'm talking about. I know what zone I'm in. Well, now I do. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we, we think it's going to tell us something about the way you're gardening versus the way that I'm gardening. And Eh, you know. So here's the moment you, you kind of brought it up and I'm going to say it. We did one other episode all about zones and we sat here and we're like, you need to know your zone. You need to know your zone. And which I do think you need to know your zone for sure, because the zone tells you what your minimum winter temperature on average is. Mm -hmm. And so as expected, this number has been shifting throughout the years and is expected to continue to shift mm -hmm. as far as if you feel to believe in climate change. 
Um, either way, you can't deny that it is definitely getting warmer, but sometimes we get cooler. <laughs> so these zones will continue to shift. Um, now, it, it is important to know it, but it, I don't feel like, especially for a vegetable gardener, that it is something that we just need to live and die by. Because if we talk about what what is a zone, the minimum temperature, right? Well, when you're growing a tomato plant, what's the minimum temperature? More like 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. I mean, you know, they'll, they'll make it through a lot cooler than that, but let's just call it even 32. Nope. I'm not calling it 32, but I'll let you. Yeah. You can let me call it. Or let's just say frost. How's that? <laughs> so if you think about it like that, like the zone doesn't matter at that point. And so this actually came... It's funny. This topic was born out of the uh, Backyard Gardens community page on Facebook, Communities Garden. And uh, somebody was coming in and asking questions about, you know, they're in this zone and they wanted to know when to plant. And somebody else chimed in, like, the zone doesn't really matter. (laughs) And it was like, you know, they were exactly right. The zone didn't matter. So it's just interesting to see how that's kind of, you know, how we live and die by it. But when you think about it and think outside the box, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's we've shortened it to say zone. We've shortened it to say garden zone, but it's hardiness zone. And so the place that it matters, I believe, is when you get to perennials. Yes. Um, So there's some perennials that will survive in your zone, but not mine. Right. And it's based on in your zone, you are on average getting down to whatever degrees Fahrenheit. And on mine, I'm getting down to, because oh, I now know this, um, on average negative five degrees Fahrenheit. Did I get down to five degrees Fahrenheit at all this winter? No. You know, but, but it, it can happen. Yeah, it's an average. You know, history has said that, you yeah. know, this could occur. Um, and so I think that that's that's uh, important i think that there's some like plants that are not technically perennials but they will return right you know and so depending on what your zone is you may find that you know two states over they're able to have a certain plant return every year and then in my place they're not you know we may be in the same zone we may not be i think that but like I'd say much more than 90% of what we're talking about when we're asking questions about zones isn't related to perennials. No, no. And I mean, you know, I know that there's people listening right now that have been like, well, I've been growing this eggplant, pepper, tomato for five years straight in the garden. And that's because you don't get below that temperature Mm. and which your zone is great. But, you know, I know somebody out in, I believe it's Washington State. Same zone as me. Mm-hmm. Exact same zone. Um, 8A, to be exact. <laughs> and their high temperature doesn't really meet 85 degrees very often. But they don't really get to freezing either during the winter. I mean, obviously, we can get to freezing, and we definitely do. But it's not a repetitive thing over and over and over. And that changes the dynamic of what you can plant and grow in your garden. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's um, because it's a common question. And for a while, I really, 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 really thought it was really relevant. I would commonly say things like I'm in zone 6A. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm in zone 6A. And then I'd also say things like I'm in, I'm in Chicago, which is probably more important to folks than, you know, the zone um, or at least should be. Um, and then I, you know, someone's always going to correct you on the Internet. <laughs> I get, oh, I thought Chicago was zone five. And it's like, well, yeah, some parts are, you know, um, yeah. but all in all, if I'm looking at. I mean, it's a pretty big swag. So from 5A, you can get down to negative 20. 6A, where I'm at. No, I'm sorry. 5A, you can get down to negative 15. 6A, you can get down to negative 5. The reality is you're below zero as an average. You're probably done. Your tomato right. plants have been done. Um, but I can get the idea of like that, that's, that is a big gap. But again, for my annual vegetables, annual flowers, none of that makes a difference. No. I wish we could capture like the number of days and average kind of the low and high of temperatures between like, you know, spring and fall for the U.S. Because that's the bit that matters. And I'm not even folded in humidity and all of that stuff. But I still am surprised that I'm able to do some of the things I'm able to do in Chicago, knowing that we still we get. I, I believe it's hot in Chicago during the summer, mm-hmm. but it's not North Carolina hot. Like, that's the part that I think matters. You know, right. how hot, how long. You know? Well, um, and I think, but see, you, you kind of started hitting the nail on the head a little bit. And it's it's not necessarily, you know, how cold can you get? It's how hot can you get? What's your humidity level? How much precipitation do you get? How much sunlight do you get? Now, I've had the pleasure of living in multiple latitudes within our country, and I can tell you when I lived in a higher latitude, it didn't get dark till almost 9.30, 9.45 at night, mm-hmm. and it got light at like 5 in the morning. So, you can start to see where here it gets dark at like 8.30 at night in the middle of summer. It'll get light probably about 6.15, so you're adding a couple hours of light on there. So... What would something like that do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, could, that, that, it could fry some plants. Well, it can fry some plants, but in these areas where it doesn't get very warm, it energizes them and mm-hmm. they get a lot mm-hmm. more growth out of them. Mm-hmm. It's just like leaving on your, your seed light for 16 hours a day. You know, you're getting more light, so they're able to grow faster at a more pleasant temperature than here. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I saw like when you go up into um, like I was I was shocked at some of the crops that they could grow in like Maine and stuff like that, like way up there. I mean, I'm talking about, I would go up there and it would be labor day and we'd be kicking ice out of the dog bowl. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it was cold. Mm -hmm. And, but I mean, they could grow just about everything we can here. And a lot of times even better because they had all of that light. So I think, you know, there is a, a website somewhere and I will find it throughout this podcast where you actually go and you find out your zone, but what you actually find out is the amount of growing days that you have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's really important. If I can find, I've seen it a hundred times, but I never take note of it until I actually need it. Um, But that's really important too, because you really want to know how many growing days you have, especially when you're doing stuff like sweet potatoes or something where it's like a hundred days plus. It still varies, though. So I've I've spoke of my growing days and I've spoke of it in a way uh, between my average uh, first frost and average last frost, which, by the way, I believe those are also more important than uh, garden zones. Right. Um, 
But again, you know, and I know that I can grow on either side of those depending on the crop. Yeah. You know. I feel like there should be like two zones, your cold hardiness zone and then your heat hardiness zone. Mm-hmm. I feel but like if, that's something. If I can get to 110, well, 110 is probably very, very abnormal. But if I can get 100, if I can get to 100 degrees in Chicago over the course of four or five days, that's still very different than a month of triple digit weather. You know. And that's the same thing for the cold for me mm-hmm. versus you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. Where it gets cold, it warms up. Gets cold, it warms up. Gets yeah. cold, it warms up. You know, those are the big difference. So yeah, that for you that allows you to grow many more things across many more months. But then there's also the crop confusion, the vegetable confusion based on those spikes back and forth. Yeah. You know. All right, you ready to wrap it up? I mean, that's it. We're done, everybody. <laughs> everybody, you know now. But well, so, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask. So I share my opinion on why I think zones became so prominent, you know, in social media and garden dialogue. Um, I've never been in um, a garden center or a nursery where there's conversations about zones. The only time I hear it is, again, with perennials and flowers. And I think it does absolutely matter when it comes to that. So I don't want there to be any confusion on how I feel about that. I think that if you're looking to put flowers in your yard of any kind, I think 100% zones definitely matter because like for us, we have to put more tropical plants in our front yard because it gets so warm, but it doesn't get as cold in the winter time. So then you get, you know, we get a little bit of reprieve on that aspect, but some of those plants won't survive even though it's plenty warm at your house they wouldn't make it through the winter they would actually they would act like annuals yeah and that's um there's also this bit and i don't know a ton on it so don't start quoting me but there's the component component of fruit trees like why are um you know oranges grow much more in florida or california than right. in chicago right you know so right. it's there's a bit of the hardiness but there's also how long it takes these uh fruits to ripen as well you know do i have enough days for that to come to fruition um can a tree survive over a winter if it's not going to bear fruit until the second year you know um, right so i think those things i think you're stepping into a different level of gardening when you're talking about those kind of vegetables maybe not perennials perennials are um, a little bit more common people buying them not even realizing they're perennials people planting them not necessarily realizing it so i think there is an opportunity to you know for some d- disappointment and i can't even say with 100 percent certainty that you know if you're in your local area, you know, the thought is a perennial won't be sold if it can't survive there because some people do treat perennials as annuals. They like whatever the thing is so right. much where they still, they just want to grow it for the short period for the one year. Um, I, I definitely think though the risk with disappointment increases because we're able to order so many things online. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. 100%. And I mean, for us, it's like, well, hold on. Let me just say this. So the first hardiness zone was created in 1927 and it had eight zones. And that that's like one place that I see. It's like a nursery that has that listed. And then if you go to Wikipedia, it says that it was created in 1960. So I don't know. Um, I think the more accurate one was probably created in 1960. And then the zones changed in 1990. 
in 2012 they were updated so it's like you almost need and so if you ask me it sounds like we're due for another change or another reevaluation mm-hmm. of what zone you're in so well i told you, you that my average and average my frost and, and first frost and last frost dates have shifted by a couple of days right mine too mm-hmm. yeah mine's shifted by a week Mm-hmm. So there is that. And I mean, and that's the thing, too, is you're in zone 6A. I'm in zone 8A. And our frost dates are very similar. Yeah. We're like a week or two off on either one. So, you know, that doesn't really matter, though, because when you look at it that way, in the grand scheme of things, like your last frost date is what? November the 1st. No, your first frost date. Sorry. Oh, that, uh... I always get them mixed up, no matter what. It's probably because I'm always so concerned about the you know frost coming. Uh, April the seventeenth. So you're April the seventeenth. Mm-hmm. I believe now, technically, um, and the, we, I do need to say this: when you look up your frost date, there are multiple dates based mm-hmm. on percentages of chances. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to split the difference and say April second. Now. Here we are right now. We're recording this and it's April 5th and it's 85 degrees outside and the low is 65. Mm -hmm. You know, on April, let's say April 18th, which would be three days after yours. If I did my math right, I may not have. But anyways, um, what's your low temperature going to be? In April, April, the what? Like three days after your last frost date. Oh, it could still be, you know, in the 30s for sure. Right. And see, there's the difference right Mm -hmm. there as well. That's Mm -hmm. a huge difference. Mm -hmm. So we're talking multiple things that are just changing the dynamic of this conversation completely. And it's frustrating because you hear people and they're like, well, I don't know why this won't grow because I'm in zone eight or I'm in zone seven. And it's like, well, hold on now. Mm -hmm. Let's slow down, Mm -hmm. Turbo. There's a difference, you know. Um, I think I saw with mine, I'm still going to continuously look for the uh, website, but I think mine, I had 264 active growing days for me. So that makes, you know, when I think about that, that I can now apply that to what I'm growing. And I feel like if you're going to ask somebody a question, you should be like, hey, been here 265 days. Uh, question. You know what I mean? Because then you can, you can now you can really put it together when it comes to vegetables. Like, what can this person grow and what can they not? Imagine somebody with ninety days. You know, you're eliminating all potatoes, melons, yeah. okras. Yeah. You know, all these things right off the bat in that first initial sentence. And it's not a light switch. It's not. I get to my average first, average last frost date. That's why you asked me like. What's going to be the temperature three days later? Like I could still average first off, I could still get a frost, but it's not like we go from, all right, there's no more 32 degree days. Now we're in the 60s. That's just not how it works. Right. Right. Um, not for me. Right. You know, so it's much more of a slow pull with a couple of spikes here or there. Like yesterday, <laughs> I was telling my girlfriends, I, I woke up and I was like, damn it, I left the stove on. Like I was cooking, you know, earlier in the evening and it was so hot that I'm like, cause I do that sometimes. I know it's not safe, but sometimes I'll leave it on accidentally. And I'm like, God, gosh, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to get up. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get up and turn it off. And so I walked into the kitchen and the stove wasn't on. I looked to see if the burners were on. Like it was so hot. It was 71 degrees overnight. That's crazy. You know, <laughs> on April the 4th. And we are expected to get down to 
35 degrees as a low tomorrow. You know, where's so that that's happen? how much you're swinging right now. Yeah, yeah, the 70 yeah. is definitely an outlier. The rest of the temps for the week are going to be at a high, like in the 50s, teetering around 60. But today it was 70 again. Woke up and, and realized, oh, the house is on fire because it's much warmer outside. We may get another 70 degree day in another week. Like that's the hard part, but our nights are still so cold. Um, I was talking to my uncle about it. And when I was in the garden last weekend, I, you know, you know, I like to garden, you know, without gloves. And I was like, this soil is so cold, like cold to the touch. Like you really don't want to work in it too long because it's that kind of cold. Yeah. Um, and that bed had been covered with plastic for months. So that's going to be the warmest part of my garden, <laughs> you know, but it's still super duper duper cold. It doesn't matter that I've had a couple of 65 degree days. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm getting a little bit off topic, but all of these are temperatures that I like to, to keep track of. Well, and if you think about it, too, like in my state in particular, um, you know, I live on the coast and so we're in zone 8A. You go out towards the mountains are in zone like seven or six or something like that. And you think that it would be totally different. But in all reality, other than that low temperature, it's not they can have, you know, out in the mountains and stuff, wild temperature swings. You know, I've been out there mm-hmm. and it'd be 85 degrees in the day. And then the next morning it'll be snowing, mm-hmm. you know, so there's all these different variables that can go into it as well. And it, it makes it I just feel like it makes it overly complicated and it's an antiquated um, method of determining what to grow. And I think as gardeners, we've latched on to it in a way that's unhealthy and it can be very deceiving. Mm-hmm, yeah. There's like a whole bunch of negative things said at once. I apologize. Well, so, you know, so now where's the harm? Where's the true harm? So someone that's like, oh, I'm looking at, you know, you been in zone 8A and I'm also in 8A, but again, I'm maybe in Washington state and I try to grow the thing that you grow. Like if I'm successful, it doesn't really matter. Right. You know, um, if I if I'm looking at you and saying, well, he's only a couple of zones ahead of me, I could probably still grow it. Like, I do believe that there is a little bit of heartbreak, not only that's actually possible, but that's occurred. But generally speaking, I think that, you know, most times it's probably no harm, no foul. Um, of course, we're, you know, maybe not as informed as sometimes we think we are, but. Yeah, I think it. I think it's a limiting factor when it comes to educating yourself about what you can grow and when you should grow it. You know, it's like, take your peppers, for example, mm-hmm. start your seeds eight weeks before you plant them outside. Okay. That's, that's, you know, average what they say now before your last frost date is exactly what they say. Now, if you think that, then if you plant eight weeks before your last frost date, are you going to be able to put them out right after your frost date? Mm-mm. You're going to be 12, 16 weeks after that, before that pepper can go on the ground. Now look at me for on the, on the other hand, I planted mine. Well, I did. I've based on my experience, I started them 16 weeks ahead of time, but it's not even my last frost date or it's just hit it. And I'm about to put my peppers in the ground. You know what I mean? And so I feel like it's a limiting factor. And then when it's all said and done, when it comes down to the amount of harvest, because I mean, let's be straight. This is why we garden is to, to harvest. I mean, that's the, you know, that's the whole point. You're delaying the amount of harvest you can get off of that. 
You know what I mean? Like you're not maximizing your your garden's potential. Yeah, I um I did a lot of preserving of peppers. And peppers are it's it's a real important Pe- peppers and sweet potatoes are and if I was really growing onions like I had planned to probably onions, that's really the kicker because they're such long crops. I'm sure there are a bunch of others, but if I'm not growing them, they don't come top to mind a uh, top of mind. Um the time frame, like your window. Right. And so I've been thinking about peppers. I preserved a lot last year. I really enjoy them. I They do well in my garden. Right. By well, I mean, they are typically not sick. They produce as much as I'm expecting right now that I get the idea of like a bell pepper plant isn't going to generally produce in my area. Twenty peppers. Yeah, you're going to get a flush yeah. of them. Um, but then I say like it's. I'm harvesting peppers. I could harvest green peppers much earlier, but I like to let my peppers get to like their mature state. September is when things are starting to rock and roll for them. Yeah. You know, and I still, I'm not guaranteed, I'm not convinced that if I would have planted them instead of May 25th, you know, May 5th, if I would get them that much earlier. I don't think it's just now you get them three weeks earlier. I think my May temperatures are still so iffy when it comes to how long it's hot for that, um, you know, I, I question whether or not I would gain much. I say that to say, you know, peppers, are, I'm still questioning how many peppers I want to plant in, in the years to come. Um, right. Because of how much time they take to get to the place that I want to harvest them. Um, they're a smaller footprint. I'm, I'm again, I'm a little bit off topic, but um, if I had a longer growing season, if my... You know, if my average first frost date was further into the year, later in the year, then perhaps I would say um, for kind of peppers, oh, I have like eight months to grow them versus the four that I really have. Maybe I would feel different about it. And I think you can kind of take that approach across a couple of different vegetables. Uh, Eggplant is another example of that, you know, like. Well, how long is it going to take to produce? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I found the website. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. I know. I'm, I found the website. It is, and it's stupid. It's the almanac.com slash gardening slash frost dates. And so just put in like frost dates for, you know, by zip code and you'll come up with it. So for instance, mine says surfaces. Um, says the nearest climate station near you. So it may not be your actual mm-hmm. like town that you live in, but closest to you. Mm-hmm. It says the altitude, which for me, it doesn't really matter. Um, last frost date, first frost date, and then growing season. Mm-hmm. So I have 218 days of an active growing season, which means no temperatures under 32 degrees. Mm-hmm. And it says the last and first frost dates are a 30% probability. So there's a 30% chance that you can get them, um, get a frost. Now, my frost date is April 1st and November 6th. Miss Batavia's. They stole this idea. They stole this logic for me. This is the way that I've calculated it. So, and, and here we go. So you're in zone 6A. We know that. Your last frost date is April 17th, November 1st, and your growing season is 197 days. Yep. So I only have 21 more days of technical growing, but because of the way my temperatures are more, um, I'm trying to think of the correct word, more regulated mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the winter, 
I actually can grow year round for mm-hmm. certain crops. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't mean that I can go out there and just do whatever the hell I want. I've got to time things out just right. But yeah, we can grow. And I've proven that year after year that I can grow food year round. And with a little bit of protection, I can even take another step further and basically grow any winter crop I want in the middle of winter. Just off that. And we're three zones away from each other. So I want you to take the other look at that. Without protection, look at what you're, excuse me, you're able to to grow. Yeah. And I'm sure someone that lives in Chicago, you're probably eight streets over, that you have something that you're actively growing that's just in the middle of snow in the winter. I've not had that experience. Right. Like anything that I have, if it's out in the open, at some point, the the top will be dead. The root may still survive, but the top will be dead. I'm not going right. out to harvest leaves of something, you know, on January 20th, when, you know, because it's been 10 degrees for 10 days, you know. And so that's that's a huge difference. Um, I had someone comment and it was for, unfortunately, I'm a little bit late to get back to it, but the comment was like, oh, I'd like to grow. Tell me how I can grow this during the, how, how should I, how can I grow and fertilize this during the winter? You know, and I'm, you know, in my mind, when I write the, the response back, which I do all the time, but sometimes I don't type it out. Like, what's your winter like? Yeah, like, yeah. like where are you isn't even enough anymore. You can narrow some things down. Like this person says, California. There's some very, I mean, clearly we saw all that snow in California. I can't think of where exactly that was a couple of months ago. Um, so we know even California isn't descriptive enough. Um, but if they were to tell me Chicago, then I got the answer for you. If you were to tell me Michigan, I got the answer for you. If you tell me Indiana, I got the answer for you. Like, you know, you can't, you know, like not out in the open, at least. Um, I, I think those things, those it's nuanced, but that's the critical piece. You know what you're doing, where you are and how long you're trying to do it for. Get that Leonard. Put it on a Leonard t-shirt. Got- all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know zip codes and stuff, so I can't really be looking stuff up. But I know, like, from northern to southern California mm-hmm. is, like, totally different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's a totally different climate. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's I was, such a big state, too. Um, I, I think that um, I on the positive side, never see much controversy. Like, you know, when I look at people's posts and comments and things around zones, like there's never outrage. Like you told me you were in this zone and I tried to grow this, you know, like there's not a lot of fights around it other than people again, correcting you and saying, not only have people said, I thought Chicago was in zone five. People have literally said, no, Chicago is zone five. Yeah, <laughs> which I think again, it's just it's obnoxious, absolutely. But a lot of what we see on the internet is, um, and earlier on, it mattered to me because I felt like, well, maybe I mean, am I misinforming people? You know, um, if if I'm just saying I'm in Chicago and now they're thinking, oh, that's Zone Five, and I can do what she's doing, and I just I I don't think we can take ownership for that. I think we can do things like this, have this conversation about, you know. It doesn't really matter. You know, it's interesting, too. I'm, I just put in um, Houston, Texas on this date thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it doesn't even say anything about zones on it. 
whatsoever. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> like, I mean, it may not be interesting to you guys, but to me, it's like really interesting because it's like, I mean, I was curious because I'm looking it up, you know, and I'm like, well, what is Houston's climate or the, you know, gardening zone figuring I can get it all here and you can't. So it doesn't even, you know, I think that that's the only place that I've seen where it just like clearly doesn't matter yeah, at all. It's uncommon that, you know, right. it's an event. Once they get down yeah. to freezing, we saw it. I don't know if it was in Houston in particular, but we saw it a couple of years ago, you know, when people had pipes, you know, bursting in their, their kitchen. Yeah. It's a whole ordeal. Um, but that's a, an area that, you know, it's almost never a worry for you, for them. Um, I think there are a few other pockets where, you know, you see things. I, I see videos now where people are still referring back to the, the big freeze, you know, last year. I know that impacted you a bit as well in 2022 later part of 2022 like jones didn't save you what are you laughing at me because i was making fun of you like you know the big freeze (laughs) just because i remember a couple like a month ago we're like i'm so tired of hearing about the big freeze but it's like for us it was like huge deal yeah yeah Yeah. especially when it came that was the thing is when it came but that's the um that's the classic like you think that's cold? You know, that's the kind of, you know, making fun of folks like you guys are staying home because you got an inch of snow, you know, and just not recognizing it. And those towns aren't built for that. Um, I heard Dude, about. Inch? Hold on. Inch? No. Trace. They yeah, shut schools yeah, down yeah. here. Yeah, I was uh, <laughs> one of my favorite pair of boots, which have kind of turned into my early spring, late winter garden boots. They have absolutely no tread on them. And and I'll go out walking to my car to the garage, and there's a spot that's always slick on my deck, and I'm like, oh, sh-. you know, like, <laughs> you know. And so it's the reminder of like, oh, you think this weather is turned to your favor, but guess what? You know, uh, if you I have a video early clip morning, of that on my know. phone, yeah, yeah, I have a video is- clip. Yeah. <laughs> No, that was, I should have fully expected. Those are the boots, though. Those are absolutely the boots. And that's probably 60% of why you have that video. Because the other 40% was, I was going to end up on my butt either way. (laughs) I want to just say the part about the clip that I love the best. This is a clip that Batavia sent me. And it is locked in a vault. I cannot divulge it to you guys. I'm sorry. Where she slipped in the snow and fell. It was the amount of time she sat there. In the snow, just thinking like, damn it. That was the funny part. It wasn't even the falling, because I felt bad for you. But the fact that you're just like, you know, I can't believe this. I don't know what to do, you know. So we're going to connect this. We're going to make this garden related, because some people just don't know, like, this life. So I'm still pissy about it, because I I had to take return uh, my air fryer stopped working. And I had had the hardest time through Best Buy trying to get it returned. They're like, you got to bring it into the store. And I'm like, we don't do that anymore for returns. And so I was mad about that. And it was like maybe my <laughs> second trip. But I had all kinds of like garbage I was trying to take out. So I, I was risking a lot, you know, on yeah. this trip. So I'm walking and I get down to the bottom and I can see there's ice. But when you've lived this life, you think you know how to manage it. And so the slip comes. And I promise you, I look. But the only reason why you have the video is I had to look back to see, like, did I butt my head? Because I felt like I lost time. You know, so <laughs> it was like I knew I was stepping, and then the next thing I know, I was looking around, like, what happened? But then I had to figure out, like, it's kind of like quicksand or something. Like, yeah. how do I get up? 
without falling a second time. So that was the staring around like, I'm not, I'm going to have to wait until spring. To get yeah. I'm just going to sit out here and wait it out. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. so do you think that gardening zones matter? Do you think that people should know their gardening zones? I think that generally speaking, it's a piece of information you tuck away. I think yeah. that generally speaking, they matter, but they're not as important as most people think. And I'm going to speak on what I believe most people think. That's I respect that. I have no problem with that at all. Do you think that people need to know their amount of growing days? Are you going to ask me about all of these? And then are you going to ask me yeah, to rank I'm just them? Gonna, I'm, I'm going to go all the I way through. Yes, I think it's probably more important than um, than garden zones. And I mean, do you need to know your first and last frost date? I think that's probably one of the most important. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. If you if you get down to frost, obviously. No, I what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take it a step further. And see, I want everybody to realize like I sell a lot of plants and I talk to a lot of people. And I, I it's funny, like we went to a farmer's market last week and I hope this person's listening. I really do. And he's walking around and he's like looking at the plants and he's like like, you, you know, you guys interested in some peppers or something, you know, you got any questions? And he's like, man, I've had my garden planted for like three months. And I'm like, oh, really? And I, I, mean, I know where he lives. I know the climate. I know the, what the weather has been. And I was like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I've been having some problems. Though. I'm like, shocker. And I was like, I was like, what did it get warm one day? And then you went out and planted. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you can't do that, man. But he just, he proceeded to pick an argument with me about it. <laughs> and the moral of the story, which I basically, I kind of left it at this is like, you know, you need to know what your, your climate is like across the board for, you know, so you can make the decisions, educated decisions about what to do, you know, and I see this all the time and I've even I've talked about it on the YouTube channel a lot is like, I've been fighting the urge for about a month now to plant my garden, you know, to just go out there and throw my tomatoes in. And it was like a week later frost and then it'd be like 85 60 at night and then a week later frost and so like now that i've hit my frost date now i can make an educated decision and look out so typically there's a rule in my area where we don't plant tomatoes or peppers or anything real sensitive until after easter because invariably it always happens and this year is going to be that odd year so you know we're going around to farmers markets right now selling plants and we're two two weeks ahead of schedule. You know what I mean? And you can't time that out. You don't know. But what I do know is in the past, this is what to look out for. And so I can make an educated decision and I can I can change plans if needed when it's time. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I yeah. think that's important for people to know is don't just live day to day. Mm -hmm. Like spend 30 minutes and just look up the history of your area mm -hmm. and think about, and I know there's a lot of people now that are moving around and going to completely new areas. We have a lot of people from up North coming down here. And the one thing that I hear a lot, a lot is I can't get anything to grow. Mm -hmm. I can't grow any like people from like New York and stuff like that. And it's like, because it hits a wall in the summertime and they don't know how to handle that mm -hmm. wall. Mm -hmm. Not to mention that they're planting like determinate tomatoes, trying to figure out why their tomatoes aren't growing. And simply it's because you can plant, two rounds of determinate tomatoes here 
and outgrow them each time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there's a big difference. So it's interesting to see those and, you know, hear from these people. And I get a good snapshot, like in my area of what's going on and what's going on in people's minds when they're trying to plant their gardens. And every year I hear about people pushing the envelope and ultimately getting burned Mm -hmm. every single year, you know, because we always get a, we get a warm spell And about the middle of February every year. And it's just like when I was up in New England, I lived there for 10 years. Every January, there was like a two week period where it'd be like in the 60s. And I would and me being from the south, I would be like, oh, here we go. Spring's on the way. And then the bottom would just fall out every single time. And it wasn't even close for me planting. It still get the freezing at night, but not like that bone chilling cold. You know what I mean? It's like a reprieve. They call it the January thaw. Mm -hmm. And so I learned from the locals that had lived there their whole lives. Like, yep, every year this is what happens. And so I knew moving forward. And that's one reason why I left because I just couldn't take the the tease of it. So I think that's a very important measure to know. Then that goes in knowing your first and last frost dates. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I still, I, I believe, while we didn't capture it, what that weather is during those growing days, what that weather is like, you know, so whatever that first month is, second month is, third month is, what should you be expecting? Right. Um, and, and again, more so from a how high versus how low, you know, so for me, clearly within that 197 days, May is within that period. What do I typically see for May? That's going to help determine if I want to be like the guy at the farmer's market or not, um, you know, what is my September, October, you know, have feelings around and kind of what those months look like. September is pretty even keel, but October is any, any person's guess, you know? Um, and then even going into November, right. You know, so my average first frost is November the 1st. It could come, you've seen it. You've seen me tracking it. It could come on that date, a day before, a day after, um, I wish it was like, just get over that hump and then you were in the clear, but no, you're going to get it a few different times in November. Right. And that's going to so, impact what I do. I'm not going to get down to negative five degrees. No. You know, but which goes back to the garden zone and how even in November, it really doesn't matter that much, but I'm going to get below freezing. Well, and one thing to know too is um, like if you go and you were to take the advice of the Backyard Gardens podcast, which hopefully you will, and you look at your average temperatures for your area, dude, they're always lower mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than they're supposed to be. So it's like right now I'm looking at it um, in April, the average temperature here is supposed to be in the mid 60s. It's been 85 every single day in April. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like I go through each month and I'm like it's you know average high 86 degrees and I'm like dude it's regularly over 90 degrees here so there is that and it's like in my area too we have microclimates do you know what a microclimate is do you know what affects it and stuff like that no I mean I think I know what a microclimate is I don't know what impacts it so like in our area for example there's I think it was last year or two years ago we have two cities north and south of us And they would get rain like every day in June. And we had where I live in the middle, we live in the country. We had a drought. Mm -hmm. We didn't get any rain. And what it was, it was all the roads and stuff were creating those microclimates and creating the radiation, the heat 
radiating off of the roads and causing rain, which in, can affect temperatures as well. So a lot of times in big cities, it'll actually be warmer than on the outskirts of the city because of all this. So, you know, if you live in a city or something like that, these all can make changes within your, you know, your area. Just like if you live in the mountains or in the hills or something, you know, you, if you live in a valley, you can get the dew settling, you know, you'll get, I believe it's more frost or less frost, one of the two. No, you'd get less frost because you wouldn't get the wind, more frost because you wouldn't get the wind blowing it away. And so it won't have, it'll have time to settle and frost. So your frost date may technically be a little bit earlier if you're in a valley than if you're on a hilltop. Mm-hmm. So these are all things to kind of consider. And I know it seems kind of complicated, but I mean, we're all watching Netflix, watching junk anyways. Let's turn that off for just a minute and just think about this stuff. And I think it'll make people's gardens improve a lot more because they'll really be in tuned with what's going on in their yards and their area. You know what I mean? So do you think that the new gardener needs to kind of indoctrinate themselves into all of these details, all of these bits? I think it's an overtime situation. You know what I mean? I I don't think you need to be like, all right, I'm going to start my first garden. Let me start researching, you know, and just go down the rabbit hole. But I think, you know, over time, you know, we we talked about it that in the uh, Gardens Evolve episode where like you start and you grow like a tomato and then you, you, you progress and you progress and then you're just starting to test out cooler temperatures and you want to start growing as long as possible. And I think within time, if you focus on that, within a couple of years, you'll start to wrap your head around mm-hmm. it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, for instance, where I am right now, it's cooler here because we have the wind coming off of the ocean. So we have those cool temperatures washing in where if you go 10 miles inland, it'll be five, 10 degrees warmer sometimes, you know what I mean? Especially in the evenings and stuff like that. So just knowing something real simple like that and anybody who lives on the coast knows that you get, you know, the afternoon breezes and stuff like that. Or if you live on the great lakes or a pond or anything, you'll get like an afternoon blow then that kind of happens. So I think it's just knowing these things and learning about them slowly. You can wrap your head around it a lot better. I definitely don't think you should just dive into it right away because it does get really complicated. Yeah. It's like, you know, you don't take trigonometry before you, you know, complete your no. algebra courses. Right. No. Know? And that's not to say that what we're talking about is as complicated on scale. But um, I think that even the desire to want to know these things comes, it comes for different people at different times. But, you know, if you have a single tomato plant, you probably aren't interested in all of these details and you probably don't need to know all of these details. No. Um, You know, if you try to plant a tomato plant in Chicago and... Uh, in January, you'll quickly find out. I think intuitively people get it. You know, um, I think that the warmer places, you probably, there's, you think that there's a little bit more play. Um, I think, you know, actually the opposite, I think that what I clearly learned, like maybe four or five years ago, maybe a little bit longer, was how much we could do in places like Chicago, in places like Zone 6A. Um, outside of those growing zones, or what is it, growing days even, mm-hmm. right? You know, I think that that's probably the the aha moment. And that's, you know, kind of despite the zones, you know. Yeah. And I mean, it, it comes down, you know, 
like you have to manage cold. I have to manage heat. Mm -hmm. And you can do that multiple ways. And sometimes it's just by varieties, you know, and just knowing that too, you know, and I feel like, you know, I've tried to make a shift in some of my viewing pleasures about gardening on different social medias and really focus on people in climates that are a lot like mine. And that's really helped me a lot to understand because I'm starting to see like, you know, I've watched videos about managing cold because I was worried about it. Dude, you know how many times I use my low tunnel this year? Once. <laughs> I'm not even going to put it up next year. I'm just going to get it ready to use. I'm not even going to pull the plastic out and stuff because it's just not necessary. But in the summer... We may need to reevaluate that and say, like, mm -hmm. yeah, we may need to put shade cloths down or something like that, you know, extra watering mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So it makes a big, big difference. And that's where, like, the garden zone just doesn't matter in that or the plant hardiness zone just well, doesn't I, matter anymore. I think, gosh, I, you know, I wish I'd have thought about this 40 minutes ago. I think extending your season, I think garden zones absolutely matter. Right. You know, so my great desire to grow all throughout winter, right, with protection, I clearly understand that it's still how much protection are you providing, you know? And so, like, could my garden sustain negative five becomes the question. Is it worth me investing in creating structures and such to have a garden all throughout the season? What would I need to do to survive negative five degrees? That's when things matter, but that's probably an extreme version of gardening, right? You know? Yeah. Well, and I think too, you have to really With annuals too, just to know I'm talking about annuals in that yeah. scenario. And you have to consider too, is like how much are you producing out of your garden to even make it worth your while? Yeah. Like at some point, like, I mean, okay, so, you know, Batavia has 852.5 garden beds mm -hmm. in her yard. If she's going to plant, you know, one four by eight bed over winter, like what's that going to do other than make you feel good? Now, you may want to do that just for fun, but when it comes down to it, that could be a lot of effort that's just not needed. It makes me so sad. And I, I, um, I had a, a call for work earlier this morning and, um, this is a treat for you all because I don't think I've shared this with you all. Um, there was a second round of New Batavia, New Year New Batavia, and it came about around spring. And so my colleagues would oftentimes get greeted with good morning, good morning. Right? And so um, just an overall happier version of me. And that's not what they got this morning. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are, I mean, the weather again is much more mild, uh, much more comfortable, but it was doing quite a bit of raining. And so I was kind of like, oh, we're so close spring, please deliver. Um, and, I was sharing with a gardener kind of connected to this. It's really been hard for me to get out of the gate, getting out of the mm -hmm. starting block, you know, kind of this bouncing back and forth with the weather, you know. And so it's almost a pipe dream now, this idea of I can create these structures and I'll have plants that are alive under the six layers of plastic. And I'm looking and saying, like, do I even want to go outside to go get you know, this, yeah. whatever the harvest, whatever that is? I don't know if I really have it in me right now, you know, not right now as in this moment, but just generally speaking, um, like just look at how, how difficult it's been for me to again, get out and into the garden. We haven't had snow much of this winter. It's not even that that's not even, you know, uh, yeah. you know, a barrier that I need to climb over. It's just like, ugh, call me when it's 75 degrees consistently. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing, too, is 
how much are you willing to deal with when it comes to extending and stuff Mm -hmm, like that? mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, why are you guys talking about extending your season in April? And it's because, I mean, sometimes it takes you the whole summer to get ready to do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it is what it is. You know, you might need to be doing some research and figuring it out. Well, there's also this bit of, you know, weird by the time this airs, you're like, you know, a third of the way through spring everywhere in the u.s right and so again spring temperatures vary based on where you are um but windows are closing when it comes to spring planting right you know and for some it's already closed and so now maybe you're starting to think about well i didn't get a chance to grow this in spring you know, now you're thinking about fall, right? And yeah. all of what we've talked about, growing days matter. I mean, it's, this is where it really starts to get com- um, complex. When do you plant the thing that you're trying to plant for fall? How much, you know, into the fall season slash winter season can that thing go? You know, if I have something that's almost ready to harvest in the fall, if I add something to extend the season a little bit more, maybe it gets to the point of maturity. I'm still not even convinced that that's a thing, but... It all starts to be intertwined, but again, it's more like calculus. Yeah, that stage. It gets to be a headache. It definitely does. So, um, I'm going to stand firm in the fact that I don't think garden zones really matter, and I think that we should be discussing, you know, average temperatures and times of temperatures, which makes it a lot more hard, more difficult to mm-hmm. open a conversation with somebody when you have to say all those things, like hi. My name's Ben, 218 days, April 1st and November 3rd, with the average of 75 and April 2nd. You know, I think that's a ridiculous way to communicate, but... Put it on a shirt, Leonard! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be nothing but just words and numbers. It'd be, you know, mind-boggling. But, you know, one thing I will say is if you ever want to know anything about the climate in your area, there's three types of people to talk to. Farmers, Mm -hmm. hunters, and fishermen, Mm -hmm. they will all be able to tell you all those times because they're in tuned with it. And you may not want to call yourself a farmer. You may want to be a gardener. You may not want to be a homesteader. You may want to be, it doesn't matter. We're all farmers to an extent, just on a smaller scale. And so I think that we should be more in tuned with what's going on in our surroundings and not worry so much about the here and now, but worry about like, throughout the course of the Mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. I am very proud of all of the things I've learned in the second half of my gardening career. Um, And what I learned the first, you know, seven or eight years has prepared me for now what I'm able to absorb and understand in the second half of the time I've been gardening. And I am, Generally, I think I'm just a better gardener for it, but I'm also a bit more compassionate, yeah, um, a, a bit more empathetic, you know. So I'm not really laughing at you all with this the big freeze. I'm smirking, but <laughs> I'm not right. laughing. Um, but yeah, they're all good things. So if you basically want to say, I'm going to opt out of gardening zones, do that. And you don't even have to do all the other stuff we said is more important. I mean, we recommend it, but. Do what you want. It's your garden. You know, plant your uh, tomato plants in July and 
you know, whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter. It's, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. That's your garden. It's your life. You do what you want to do. And I think that's the important part, too. I mean, just because I get super technical about it and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that everybody else needs to. But what does become a problem is when people start spouting off untrue things yeah. and confusing people. That becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that because it, I feel like it leads people down a really small path you know it's like when i was at that farmer's market people were buying peppers from me and i would tell them like look the weather forecast looks a little iffy wait three days check your 10-day forecast and then plant Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. just it'll be fine in the pot keep it watered keep it outside just make sure that it's not going to get cold and you know once you do that i think you know that's the responsible thing to do Mm -hmm. what's Mm -hmm. a couple days going to do yeah i mean really are you going to get that much of a jump on a couple days yeah you know, Probably a couple of weeks, yes, but a couple of days, no, it doesn't matter at all. Agreed. Firm stance. So, everybody, I believe that we've covered that zones don't matter anymore. Um, Batavia is officially in zone 6A, and I am in zone 8A, officially. You've heard my it, singing voice, and you all can form your opinions on it. That's right. And you can come check us out on Facebook at Backyard Gardens Community Garden and support us on Patreon or Apple subscriptions. And just remember, we have actively learned to grow and growed for change. See ya. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.